the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Identified by the Iranian military. The warning was relayed from U.S. diplomatic posts from the Federal Aviation Administration. It underscores the risk that the new tensions between the U.S. and Iran are posing to global air travel in the Gulf region. It's also a grim reminder, in 1988, the U.S. mistook an Iranian passenger jet for a warplane. 290 people aboard were killed in that incident. Correspondent Jackie Quinn, that was a tornado that touched down in southern Oklahoma yesterday. Confirmed, winds up to 130 miles per hour. National Weather Service says it traveled for about a half a mile on the ground in Geronimo, 80 miles southwest of Oklahoma City. This is SRN News. These are the official rules for all contests on Salem Media Group and Common Ground Broadcasting Radio Stations in the Twin Cities. Collectively, Salem TC. From time to time, Salem TC will conduct contests. No purchase necessary to enter or win. If for any reason a prize is not available, a substitute prize may be offered. Winners will be limited to one prize every 30 days. Winners of a major prize will be limited to one every 365 days. A major prize is any prize with a value of more than $1,000. Participants and winners must be U.S. residents, and winner is responsible for any and all taxes. For a list of full contest rules, see this station's website for details. This month's book giveaway is our biggest year at the Patriot yet. Our May book of the month is Dennis Prager's The Rational Bible Genesis, and four listeners will win a signed copy of this new book. And one grand prize winner will receive a signed copy of both The Rational Bible Genesis and The Rational Bible Exodus Plus. Dennis Prager's Complete Torah. Register to win at the Freedom Fan Club page at am1280thepatriot.com. High of 45 showers throughout the day. And we got the Brad Carlson Show of the Northern Alliance Radio Network coming up right now. The views expressed on the following program do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. Stand by for the Northern Alliance Radio Network. And go launch sequence. Engineering. Go flight. Master control. Go flight. Studio engineer. Go Go flight. flight. We are go for launch in T-3, 2, 1. We have liftoff. The Northern Alliance Radio Network is on the air. Live and local from the AM-1280 The Patriot Studios in Egan, here is The Closer, Brad Carlson. AM-1280 The Patriot. It is the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Back with another edition of the broadcast. We'd like to call The Closer. That's me, Brad Carlson. Thanks, as always, for tuning into the show. You can check out my blog at bradcarlson.org. And we are here to take your phone calls at 651-289-4488. If you'd like to weigh in via Twitter, feel free to do so. That's hashtag NarnShow. Hashtag N-A-R-N Show for any comments or questions regarding today's show content. And as always, we appreciate you tuning in on this very dreary, rainy, and kind of cold weekend I don't think it's got above 50 degrees all weekend, and it's been raining all morning. So perfect day to sit back, relax, and enjoy the Northern Alliance Radio Network live on the air. We know if you can't listen live, you always tune into the podcast. At least that's what I tell myself. If you can't catch us live, you always catch the podcast later on. But we appreciate when you, whenever you listen, whether it's live or later on in the uh, in the week. 
Uh, and given the fact that it is the third week of May during a Minnesota budget year, that must mean the Minnesota legislative session is ready to wrap up, and indeed that is the case. A little less than 35 hours from now, the Minnesota legislative session will end. Whether they will have a budget agreement in place or not remains to be seen, and here to break that down for us is none other than Jason Flores. He, the state director of Americans for Prosperity, the Minnesota chapter. And you can hear Jason on these very airwaves, too, every Saturday from 4 to 5 p.m. for Americans for Prosperity Radio. Jason, always great to have you on the broadcast. Pre- appreciate your invaluable insights, as always. Happy to be here. Thanks for keeping me inside out of the rain. Oh, well, we all, we do what we can. Like I said, <laughs> that's, uh, it's, it's a perfect day to be inside. I mean, I know uh, this time of year we have... Difficulty getting guests to come into studio because it's like there's so many, there's so few so nice many fun days. things to do outside. So few nice days we got we want to be outside, but uh, today is a perfect time for it. And like we alluded to, less than 35 hours until uh, session adjourns at midnight uh, Monday night slash Tuesday morning. Much work left to be done. Jason Flores out. Let's let's start to unpack a few things. First of all, apparently. Uh, the fact that we have a budget surplus and the most recent uh, revenue collections came in well over projections, and thus Republicans opposing any tax increases by the governor, according to Governor Tim Walz, is blowing up democracy, Jason Flores. Uh, it's cataclysmic down there, apparently. You know it's the end of session when the hyperbole gets that far out of hand. Indeed, I indeed. I think uh, you had uh, no technical swear words, I think, coming from the governor yesterday when he was addressing the crowd in uh, in the rotunda, but... You had a couple that were close enough combined together. They probably equaled one. Okay. Uh, the the rhetoric is getting heated, and and I don't. There will not be. Um, I think it's safe to say now there will not be a budget deal uh, before adjournment. There's simply not time to. If they came out of the the negotiating room right now singing "Kumbaya" and everybody worked every hour until the deadline, it still technically can't get done. I think what that means is that uh, you're not going to see much progress for the next 36 hours. You've seen that we've resorted now back to these dueling press conferences and dueling releases, the, the cone of silence that usually means that there's no, there's no news because they're in the final stages. That's kind of been then lifted again. I think we're looking at now taking some time after the session through Memorial Day, then getting back in. Uh, as your listeners know, the governor is the only one who can call the session right. back in, and he won't do that until there's an agreement. So we're probably looking at mid-June before there's some kind of a, a deal. Uh, but to your question, you're right. This shutdown is because the governor and the new majority in the Minnesota House, they want $12 billion of tax increases on Minnesotans, despite the $2 billion of automatic spending increases, despite a billion-dollar surplus that we already have. That's not enough for them. They're shutting down government to make sure they're digging deeper into the pockets of families, employers, businesses, on a whole host of tax increases. Now, we were talking a little bit this about this off-air, and, and, I, and I thought of this recently. This was reminiscent of Governor Mark Dayton's first session as governor. It was back in 2011. The Republicans had complete control in the, in the legislature. A little different dynamic this time, but nevertheless, circumstances still the same in that they couldn't reach a budget agreement. Uh, government ended up... Uh, they ended up going without an agreement, and it was the end of June. Uh, they still didn't have an agreement, and government shut down. And I remember Governor Dayton, and I've talked about it on this show quite a bit. He decided to go on what I called a statewide demagoguery tour, going to throw the Republicans under the bus, uh, even though if you remember, and folks, if you remember this, uh, the Republicans in the House were in the House chamber 
just before government was slated to shut down, saying, we're here, we're ready to negotiate. And Governor Dayton called it, you know, grandstanding. That was his favorite word, by the way, grandstanding. Uh, It was uh, one he used often. Well, anyways, Governor Dayton went on a statewide demagoguery tour to throw the Republicans under the bus, and very few people showed up to these meetings. And those that did said, oh, government shut down? And that's when Governor Dayton, and he ran back to St. Paul and actually signed the original agreement that they agreed to before he walked away from the table and allowed a session to expire without, a, without an agreement. I don't know if it'll be that dramatic this time, Jason Flores, but the parallels are very, uh, it's very, it's very similar dynamic, it seems you, like. You see some of that same rhetoric, and, and again, that's, that's kind of a sign that you know nothing's getting anywhere when you have all rhetoric and all smoke and no fire, right? Uh, but if a government shuts down and nobody's there to notice, does... Shouldn't that be a lesson to us on, on what we're funding with government? And you remember that same shutdown you were talking about with Governor Dayton. We talked about this on our show yesterday. It was one of the things he tried to make that shutdown as, as painful and as glaring as possible. You remember they shut down rest stops. Really no reason for those to shut down. Put up big signs that said, because of the government, you know, these are shut down. You can't go. State parks. See, they tried to play that up. And yet people, it was, it was a big lesson that people are more concerned with the results of what you actually get out of a legislative session, rather than the nuts and bolts of how you get there. You know, this time of year, you have all these House members or Senate members giving their floor speeches. And for those of you listening at home, well, they're not. People are busy living their lives. They elected you all for a reason to go and get this job done. And, you know, three out of four budgets under Governor Dayton, they had to go to a special session. So this is nothing new. It's it's hardly news in Minnesota anymore. It's just the way the the process has worked. Um, That's not right. And I think that there's some recommendations on what we can do to change that process. But at the end of the day, it's the results that matter. And I don't know how the governor or the new House majority can go out to the people of Minnesota mm-hmm. who are already taxed at one of the highest rates in the nation, who where we're already increasing spending just automatically, just the lights-on bill, the cataclysmic, draconian bill that the House or that the Senate Republicans passed. Even that lights-on stopgap measure increases spending by 7.5%, by $3 billion more, and yet Walls and the House majority are willing to go to a shutdown to get $12 billion more in taxes out of the people of Minnesota. Now, this lights-on bill, does that take effect only after June 30th when the government would effectively shut down, or is that immediate after session ends? Let's, I want to clarify that well, quick. The, uh, I mean, nothing happens immediately after session ends okay. uh, because the state's fiscal year runs until June 30th. June 30th. Okay, so gotcha. July 1st is that shutdown date. What that lights on bill would actually move it to, I believe, the end of July to give a little more time okay. to make sure that, I mean, you've got a full two months of time under this bill that the Senate Republicans passed in order to negotiate more. Now, I don't think there's any reason that they can't come to an agreement faster than that. Again, Minnesota is in great fiscal health at the moment. We have a billion-dollar surplus. On top of, that's after we increase spending by $2 billion. So when you hear that um, people are going to be cut off health care programs because we're not reinstating the provider tax, well, it's a provider tax that we've had eight years to plan for Mm -hmm. because it's been scheduled to go away. Right. Very little of it. Very, very little of it actually goes to funding Minnesota Care, any of our state's Medicaid programs. That money all comes from the federal government, and we have what we need to fund that care. All of these things that Governor Walls and the New House majority want are over and above. They are taking what we already have in Minnesota, what's already working, what's already taking care of people, and it's just doubling down because they think that more money and more government programs equals good. 
Well, and, and this was a story that came out this past week. Apparently, uh, I don't know that Governor Walls went on the record with this or not, but or apparently somebody conveyed a conversation that he's kind of anguishing over this because this is something that he on the campaign trail he was promising Minnesotans. Uh, Jason Flores, I'm pretty well plugged into uh, gubernatorial campaigns. I don't recall Governor Walls advocating for a $12 billion tax increase and a 70% increase in the current gas tax. And Never. Unless I missed something. Never. In fact, when he initially came out, it is true that he was talking about a gas tax the entire campaign trail. Now, he got a little bit of pushback, and then it became, well, we're going to have a conversation ah. about the gas tax. And that was the, the way of moderating it, so that he didn't seem like a big tax-and-spend kind of guy on the campaign trail, but never said 20-cent gas tax increase, never said that we're going to increase all of this host of other taxes. And, and we can get into the details of a lot of those, but $12 billion of taxes, had you put that on the front of your mail piece during the election last year, you would have had a much different result. And and let's not forget, I think the governor and House members are in a little bit of danger of overplaying their hand, trying to extrapolate lessons from the last election. Mm. The last election was Minnesotans saying, we're not too happy with this guy in the Oval Office. Right. And then they just kind of took their votes down from there. It was not the mandate. It was not the deliberate, here are the things that I want to vote for in Minnesota kind of an election. Nobody went to the polls thinking about higher gas taxes. Nobody went to the polls thinking about making health care more expensive the way the Democrats want. Nobody went to the polls thinking, hey, let's double down on all these government programs that don't really seem to be working that well anymore. That wasn't the lesson from the last election, and yet that's part of why we're going to a special session here is because Democrats in reading those tea leaves think that they have a mandate for even bigger government in Minnesota, and it's simply not true. Yeah, for those of you who listen to the AM 1280, The Patriot, regularly, you undoubtedly recognize the dulcet tones of Jason Flores. He, the state director of uh, Americans for Prosperity, Minnesota. Again, catch Americans for Prosperity Radio every Saturday from 4 to 5 p.m. Uh, Jason, does that go on even when session is, when legislative, I mean, that goes year, on every, year round, every yeah. Saturday. I mean, it's Fantastic. not just the legislative session that we're concerned with. We're working year-round to make sure that we're educating and forming Minnesotans on what's going on here and in D.C., giving them a chance to do something about it. Except when, of course, the Flores family decides to take a well, rare and well-deserved break. Uh, you got to go on vacation when it's sometimes Once in a while, uh, we make it to a uh, hockey <laughs> tournament somewhere, and we have to miss a Saturday. That is, that's perfectly fine. Again, uh, Jason Flores, State Director, Americans for Prosperity, Minnesota. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about the specific taxes that the Democrats are uh, running or lobbying for. Not necessarily run on, but lobbying for currently. And we'd love to hear from you, the folks. 651-289-4488 is the number to call. And feel free to weigh in via Twitter at hashtag NarnShow, hashtag N-A-R-N Show. Brad Carlson, The Closer, back with another segment on the broadcast. Go nowhere. Your first year of Christian school is half price through TwinCitiesTuitions.com. If you see public school as a negative influence on your child's faith, it's time to make a change. To find out more about our half price Christian school tuition program, visit TwinCitiesTuitions.com. Policies issued by American General Life Insurance Company, Houston, Texas. Not available in all states. For details, visit AIGdirect.com. Do you have a family? Would you like to help make sure they'll be taken care of if anything were to happen to you? If you answered yes you probably need life insurance. Now, do you think life insurance is expensive? If you answered yes to that, too, you definitely need to give AIG Direct a call. We could find you a quarter of a million dollar policy for just $14 a month, which means you could save hundreds of dollars a year. Call us now for a free, no-obligation quote. 1-800-930-2646. 
Since 1995, we've helped millions of people find out if they could save up to 70% on their term life insurance. See how affordably we can help you protect your family. Call AIG Direct now for your free quote. 1-800-930-2646. You could save up to 70%. That's 1-800-930-2646. 1-800-930-2646. Varicose and spider veins. What a gift from my mom. She had them and I got them. Not only are they uncomfortable and sometimes painful, but I stopped wearing skirts and shorts because I was embarrassed and hated the way my legs looked. When my kids asked, what are those things on your legs? That was it. I finally went to Vein Clinics of America. The doctors at Vein Clinics of America have been treating vein disease for over 35 years. They're the largest and most experienced vein treatment center in the U.S. The best part is, Vein Clinics of America is coming to the Twin Cities this spring, and most insurance is accepted. So if you have tired, swollen, and painful legs, or suffer from embarrassing varicose and spider veins like I did, you can now get world-class treatment for your legs right here in the Twin Cities at Vein Clinics of America. To learn more about location openings, call 800-593-4411. 800-593-4411. That's 800-593-4411. Hi, my name's Christina Stumble, and I own Farm Girl Flowers in San Francisco. With my Spark Cash Card from Capital One, I earn unlimited 2% cash back on all my business purchases. Last year, I redeemed $115,000 in cash back. Yeah, $115,000. And that doubled our digital marketing budget for the summer. Thanks to my Spark Card, we had our best summer yet. Imagine what the Spark Card from Capital One could do for your business. What's in your wallet? Real Capital One customers pay for real stories. Credit approval required. Millions estimate their benefits online so they can do what they want offline. Social Security. Securing today and tomorrow. See what you can do online at socialsecurity.gov. Produced at U.S. taxpayer expense. Welcome back, AM twelve eighty, the Patriot Northern Alliance Radio Network. Back with me, the closer, Brad Carlson. Thanks as always for tuning in. Six five one two eight nine four four eight eight is the number to call. You can also weigh in via Twitter. Feel free to do so at hashtag Narn Show. That's hashtag N A R N Show for any comments or questions. Joined for another segment by Jason Flores. He, the State Director of Americans for Prosperity, Minnesota, and heard on these very airwaves every Saturday from 4 to 5 p.m. on Americans for Prosperity Radio, talking about the end of the legislative session, which has a little more than uh, 34 and a half hours to go and not a hint of a budget agreement in sight, so I think it's almost a certainty we are looking at a special session. Uh, talking about all things taxes, you know, one of the big uh, contentious points during this legislative session was Governor Tim Walz. Uh, again, he campaigned on a gas tax, that's true, but if he had come out and said we're gonna, we have to increase it by 70%, which equates to $0.20 cents per gallon, I don't know that a lot of people would have gone for that. But nevertheless, uh, he finally... Uh, settled on that $0.20 cents per gallon number. Well, amazingly enough, two days after session got started. Amazingly timing on that. Uh, but what we were talking about a little bit off air is that the Democrats claim, look, we need to fund these infrastructure projects. Roads and bridges are a vital core function of government. And every cent that is collected via the gas tax is dedicated to roads and bridges, and the gas taxes, we've talked about one of the more regressive taxes 
uh, out there. It's going to affect low-income families the worst. And in trying to alleviate that particular issue, not necessarily every cent is going to go to roads and bridges as a result. Why don't you explain that, Jason? Yeah, that's, one of the, that's one of the biggest problems with this gas tax proposal as it is. And, and first, let me reiterate, you're exactly right. The gas tax is one of the worst taxes that you could possibly raise if you're concerned about the poorest, the lowest income Minnesotans. Mm, sure. Because it doesn't just hit you when you're filling up your gas tank. It hits you every single thing that you buy at the store. We're delivering everything via truck in Minnesota. We've got a big state. It hits rural Minnesota residents harder. Mm -hmm. Hits rural Minnesota businesses harder. Hits farmers. It hurts everyone across the board. Raises the price of everything that you buy at the store. That's why it's so regressive, and that's why it's such a bad deal. Now, even worse, as you mentioned, is the fact that we're going to – the governor in his proposal is going to hit Minnesotans with 20 cents per gallon, but we're only going to see – about a net ten cent increase in actual new money going to transportation. It's really going to get ten cents on the dollar because the governor and the House Democrats are playing a shell game with money. Over the last couple of years, with Republican control of the legislature and with Mark Dayton's signature as a Democrat governor, the investments in transportation that we've made as a state have come from the general fund, uh, as they should be to augment what's coming in from the gas tax because transportation is a core function of government. And we need investment in our roads and our bridges. It's important for families, businesses, for everyone. There's no question. The devil's in the details on how you do it, though. This year, the governor's proposing 20 cents per gallon because he's taking all the existing money that's going into transportation from the general fund. He's pulling that out so he can spend it on other stuff. Mm. And then he's raising your gas tax, basically double, so that you're under, you're subsidizing, backfilling that hole, and then you're getting new construction on top of that. So if anybody wants to go to the gas pump and pay $0.20 cents per gallon and then only get $0.10 cents back in new construction, be my guest. I don't think that the governor and the House majority can sell that. And once again, you know, I, and I'm glad you brought that up because you go to the, to the gas pump and people realize, okay, gas prices fluctuate. It goes up $0.20. Cents. Okay, it's going to hurt a little bit, but, in, you know, it's something, you know, if— other outside of low income Minnesotans, a lot of people might be able to uh, to afford. But I think what a lot of people miss is, you know, we need some groceries. We're just going to throw everything we can on the conveyor and buy our groceries. Well, that also uh, the gas tax increase also imp- impacts that area because, like you said, uh, fuel costs for the vendors delivering uh, to to different grocery stores and whatnot. Where do you think that extra cost goes? Right. Well, and it's not just the gas tax. You, you saw Star Tribune headlines of all places. Star Tribune headlines talking earlier this session about how regressive the governor's entire tax proposal is. And it is across the board. If you take a look at the uh, new payroll taxes that he's got included there for this massive paid family leave bureaucracy that doesn't even really hit in these next couple of budget cycles, and yet lawmakers are still asked to pass it. We can talk about transparency in the process later. But this new payroll tax for paid family leave is basically a 12% income tax increase on the lowest bracket of, of Minnesota. Yes. You talk about the health care uh, provider tax, the sick tax being continued. Currently, it's set to expire. Governor wants to jack it back up to 2%, keep it there, and spend that not on health care because a very small portion of that health care access fund actually goes to health care programs. It goes to all sorts of other stuff, again, in the general fund, and the health care access fund is actually off book. That's not even included in that $50 billion state budget. That's over and above. It's a slush fund. So we've got a governor playing shell games with a gas tax, raising health care taxes to pad this slush fund off book. 
you've got a proposal for a 100% carbon-free mandate that's going to raise everybody's electricity prices. And again, who is it that struggles to pay their heating bill? Who is it that struggles to pay their electricity bill? It's low-income Minnesotans who can't afford that marginal increase that this carbon-free fantasy world is going to cost. So across the board, line item by line item in the governor's budget, it hits low-income Minnesotans the worst. I guess we have to increase taxes other areas to subsidize those low-income Minnesotans, apparently, Jason. Well, and, and, and that's being done, too. In the, uh, we know the, it is, yeah. With, with one <laughs> hand, I give the Star Tribune credit you know, for running the headline that sure. the governor's t- – the next – the subheading for it was, but they would also benefit the most from the government programs. <laughs> so, so what you're telling me is we have to take money from you. We have to take money from poor people, right, right, in order to funnel it through and launder it through government interest free loan, and then spit out a government program that, truthfully, Minnesota doesn't have the best current track record on running these government programs. You look at daycare fraud, you look at waste fraud and abuse in Medicaid spending, you look at seven million dollars for a bathroom on I thirty five and a rest stop. Yes, that's right. All the money that's being wasted, and yet. In the middle of this $12 billion tax proposal that the governor has, there's not a single line in there that says, hey, we're going to take better care of the taxpayer dollars that we're already collecting. Here's what we're going to do to reform. Here's what we're going to do to make sure that people can't game the system. Here's what we're going to do to clean up our records and our systems to make sure that we don't make mistakes. Because when you make a 5% error on the state's health care programs, that's hundreds of millions of dollars of errors. It doesn't seem like a lot, but we're spending so much money it adds up. Shouldn't you take care of the dollars that you already have before you go running back to the taxpayer asking for more, just so we can waste more on top of what we already are? And, and of course, uh, the questioning as to whether or not the the DFL is is being is negotiating good faith and they're taking uh, some of the uh, uh, money off of their outlandish uh, tax increase proposals that uh, prompted the Speaker of the House, Melissa Hortman, to throw out a BS at the microphone. She uh, apparently getting a little defensive, Jason Flores. All, already getting defensive. And, and again, it goes back to that end of session rhetoric when you have those yes. kind of that kind of emotion showing. Now, look, let me be clear. I don't think that um, Tim Walls, that Speaker Hortman, that anyone on that side of the aisle or on the Republican side of the aisle, they have good intentions. They no. want to take care of people. Sure. It's just a different philosophy on how they do it. They think that all the money that's out there that families are working hard for, that they're earning, that businesses are earning, that's all government money that we're just letting the people hold on to. But if we need some more, we can come and get it from you at any time. And they start with this idea that every campaign promise that they made on the trail last year, that they don't need to prioritize it because there's plenty of money in the system. We just have to go to the taxpayers and ask for it back. They start with that philosophy versus the conservative side that's currently represented more in the Senate says, here's what we have to work with. Here's the money that we're collecting that taxpayers have said, here's what you have to, here's what you have to work with. Now we need to take that and spend it most efficiently. So where are our priorities? We need to take care of the poorest of the poor. We need to make sure there's a safety net. Okay. Oh, sure. Yeah. We need to invest in roads and bridges. Okay. Yep. We need to make sure we have a world-class education system. And we've got work to do there. And they work down that list. And then when they have those priorities set and they're out of money, well, then that's where those other things go into the category of wants, not needs. And you have these, the governor and the House Democrats willing to raise taxes, go to a special session to raise $12 billion of taxes, all for a bunch of wants that they talked about on the campaign trail that make much better politics, 
than actually make long-term policy. Again, we are joined by Jason Flores. He, the State Director of Americans for Prosperity, Minnesota. Again, check them out, americansforprosperity.org. We only have a couple of minutes left in this particular segment. We're going to hold Jason over for another segment. But before we do, we do want to get to a caller on line one. Richard for Beaton Prairie. Richard, thank you for calling the broadcast. You are on. Oh, thanks for having me. You're right to point out that these proposed taxes disproportionately or equally hit lower-income Minnesotans, but they also hit businesses. And when you hit businesses, you hit everybody. So in that sense, uh, we're hitting people twice. Yeah, you then, this... uh, so, go ahead, Sorry, Richard. maybe you mentioned that already. No, then secondly, ahead. you know, I don't mind a fair tax. I am tired of my fellow citizens, you know, half of them not paying any income tax. So in that sense, I'm kind of for it, uh, although I wish it would come with an attendant reduction in other taxes. Yeah, and and that's I mean all of that tax stuff is on the table and or should be on the table and I think it's a matter again of where are your priorities and what do you need in order to fund them and what are you going to do to make sure that you're actually taking care taking care of taxpayer dollars whatever method you use to get there and and Minnesota's had a progressive tax rate for a long time and no one's talking about changing that overall structure here in the state at least in the in the short term. But we we do have to acknowledge is that we're taxing people right up to that capacity. And we had good tax reform at the federal level that put money back in the hands of Minnesotans, back in the hands of Minnesota businesses. That allowed them to invest in jobs, allowed them to invest in facilities, allowed them to increase wages across the board. We've seen wages rise in Minnesota uh, more than we have in, in recent years. We can do that same thing by being smart about tax policy on a state level as well. But you can't control that those taxes. That's not enough. You have to get a handle on spending. And if you look at the spending proposals that the even the bare bones, lights on, draconian bill that the Senate passed, it still increases spending by 7.5%. And no other measure of personal income growth, wage growth, GDP growth, inflation, population growth, None of those are anywhere close to 7.5%. It's just wasted money on top of wasted money. Uh, I, I'm always amused by those that call a, uh, a not as quite a high increase as a cut. It's always spun as a tax cut. But we'll talk a little bit more about that. Jason Flores, State Director of Americans for Prosperity Minnesota, coming back with another segment on the broadcast with me, Brad Carlson, the closer right here on AM 1280 The Patriot. Go nowhere. As leftist waves of false accusations, radical policy, and fake news continue to crash on shore, it's up to us to prevent our American values from eroding away. Join us in keeping the Twin Cities right and welcoming to town our newest on-air host. Dive in. Dinner and discussion with Dr. Sebastian Gorka is a -a one-of-a-kind event at Minnesota Zoo's gorgeous Discovery Bay. A unique space surrounded by a million gallons of water full of jellyfish, sharks, and all sorts of sea life. Immerse yourself in intelligent conversation about the heated 2020 presidential race, Dr. Gorka's time on staff at the White House, religious liberty, and much more. Dive in. Dinner and discussion with Dr. Sebastian Gorka arrives at port on Saturday, June 15th. This is an exclusive event, and seating is limited. Swim over to am1280thepatriot.com today. Blue Ox Heating and Air. 
Right now, Blue Ox Heating and Air is offering a legendary $49 air conditioner safety inspection. For $49, we'll send a fully trained and certified technician to your home to make sure your system is running smooth and efficiently. That's right, just $49. Don't forget to ask about the Blue Ox No Breakdown Guarantee. See website for details. Blue Ox Heating and Air. Legendary service, install and repair. We'll fix anything with legendary care. This is a special alert for Americans who owe more than $10,000 in back taxes. Get ready for a toll-free hotline number. Call and get free information on how to take advantage of new initiatives that could significantly reduce or even eliminate your tax debt. Call Stop IRS Debt today at 800-893-8907. Learn how you can stop collection calls, IRS letters, bank levies, and wage garnishments all by using a proven A-plus BBB-rated tax system that negotiates with the IRS for you. If you haven't filed returns, Turns in years, or you're already in a payment plan, you can still get tax relief. The government is ready to work out a generous program that can resolve your tax debt quickly. Be warned, this situation won't last forever, and your tax debt will only get worse if you don't act now. Do not try to handle it yourself. Call Stop IRS Debt now for free information. 800-893-8907. That's 800-893-8907. 800-893-8907. Join Gene Sullivan each week on Where You Live, where he takes on... Uh, Gene, who do you take on anyway? Maniacal landlords, slippery renters, overbearing HOA boards, demanding homeowners. Oh, and the legislative lunacy brought on by local politicians wanting to fix everything for us. It's a common sense perspective on the news and stories that affect you the most right where you live. Join Gene Sullivan every Saturday morning at 10 a.m. on AM 1280 The Patriot. Welcome back, AM 1280 The Patriot. Northern Alliance Radio Network with me, Brad Carlson. Thanks as always for tuning in. 651-289-4488 is the number to call. You can also weigh in via Twitter, hashtag NarnShow, hashtag N-A-R-N Show for any comments or questions regarding today's show content. As always, thanks for tuning in, and as always, we appreciate the time that uh, Jason Flores offers us here on the broadcast talking about uh, all things Minnesota Legislative Session, which is slated to end in 34 and a half hours, in all likelihood without a budget agreement. So uh, I, I guess I'm ripe for a surprise, but uh, given the way things have gone the past decade or so, uh, to say that I'm not optimistic a budget agreement we reach would be a woeful understatement, but we shall see. Uh, we do want to get to a couple of final issues while we have Jason on, on this uh, final segment uh, Jason, I think we are one of about 12, yeah, 13 states that still uh, taxes Social Security benefits on our seniors. Uh, has that been addressed at all this uh, particular legislative session? That's one that's made it into the Senate version of the tax bill for the last couple of years. Um, not uh, currently, I believe, in the House bill, okay. however. So um, that is one where uh, it's a, you know taxpayer dollars that are going to Social Security. They're getting those. Why are we taxing those benefits on top? It, it makes sense for that population of of folks, but um, haven't been able to find that agreement. And the problem with some of those tax changes, and we have tax conformity ideas that got kicked around on both sides following up on the, the federal tax reform last year. Sure. Uh, the biggest difference is that the House and the governor are willing to let those taxes on Minnesotans go up because that's more revenue for them, whether it's uh, through businesses and some of the, the detail there we won't bore listeners with, or on uh, on some of the income pieces as well. Those taxes have kind of automatically gone up in Minnesota based on a technicality. 
and the House and the Senate, or I'm sorry, the House and the governor aren't doing anything about that. The Senate and their tax bill actually reduces rates uh, for the low and, and the middle couple of tax brackets. So that is an actual rate reduction, which would help cancel out that Minnesota federal tax interplay problem. Um, that's not going to get resolved, at least not in this current budget environment. Um, it may be part of a special session deal ultimately. Uh, obviously, we've been uh, pretty critical of, of Governor Walls, and uh, obviously, he's, for good reason, his uh, his insistence on these uh, incredibly high uh, increases, in whether it be in the gas tax or uh, increasing the budget to a bloated $50 billion. But one area where we have to give credit, where credit is due, uh, something that has been dogging Minnesota taxpayers for a couple of years now, is uh, the Minlar system, which, of course, is the uh, license registration system. Tens of millions of dollars were poured into it over a couple of years. Uh, we had Jim Nash on the program a couple of weeks ago, and of course he, in his day job, is, a, is an IT expert and, and basically said two years ago, this isn't going to work, we need to pull the right. plug on this. Governor Dayton uh, chose not to, and Governor Walls, just in a short time in office, took an overall assessment, brought on a new IT commissioner, and came to the uh, conclusion yeah, maybe we ought to privatize this uh, particular system, Jason Flores. Yeah, that state system that wasn't working, that we had spent upwards of, I mean, it wasn't tens of millions, hundred at least million dollars that were spent on that and, and more on the horizon. And the governor came in there and, and took a look at it and did the right thing. And I'll, I'll give him credit for that. He looked at the cost that we had already sunk in, realized that how much more we would have to invest to make that system work, maybe. And he went with the off-the-shelf uh concept that has worked in other states. Not like we're the only state here that has to license their vehicles. Sure. Right. Sure. There, there's ideas that we can take from the private sector from other states and and just bring that technology here to Minnesota. And he did the right thing. And I think that's what a lot of Minnesotans were looking to the governor to do. After eight years with Governor Dayton, who was so entrenched in these positions and just couldn't see past that that legacy side of it or the the money or the time and effort that he and his administration had put into something, you weren't seeing progress on Minlars. You weren't seeing progress on the waste, fraud, and abuse in Medicaid. You weren't seeing any progress, and the news had just kind of broken about all this child care fraud and all the other problems that we have with how the administration runs and the waste within these big government programs. So I think a lot of people were looking at Governor Walls coming in fresh and having a chance to do what he did with this Minlars system, and that is make the right call and change direction a little bit. But you don't see that in other areas of the budget, and especially in the health and human services spending that is so rife with waste, fraud, and abuse. Again, even small error rates totaling up to hundreds of millions of dollars. And this mm. isn't me at Americans for Prosperity or, or some other center-right or enemies of the governor that are coming up with these numbers. This is from the legislative auditor. This is the gold standard of government oversight and, and auditing capabilities who's been bipartisan across multiple administrations. If you have that kind of objective third-party look that says, hey, you guys could do this better, why aren't we doing it better? Or if you were asking for billions of dollars more in taxes, like the governor is, like the House Democrats are, wouldn't you at least, as part of that proposal, say, here's the portion of this that we're going to spend to get a handle on what we're doing. Here's how we're going to spend this existing money better. Here's the investment that we're going to make in better technology so that we can make sure that people who are eligible for programs actually get the care that we've promised them and make sure that people who are just trying to defraud the system or pull money out of the state, that we're going to catch them and prosecute them. Unfortunately, that hasn't been a part of the proposal. And so that means 
that these new taxes are simply a non-starter with Minnesotans across the state. And I'm glad you brought that up, and we'll kind of make this as our uh, final bullet point here. The uh, uh, child care assistance program, obviously, it was a, uh, a program that was found out to be uh, uh, taken advantage of, a lot of uh, untold millions of dollars of fraud in that particular program. Uh, as you, you alluded to, uh, Legislative Auditor Jim Nobles, and I'm glad you br- brought that up as well, because uh, there are very few people in St. Paul who are held in high regard from both sides of the aisle. Jim Nobles is one. Absolutely. And he may be the only one, but uh, that's another story entirely. So what can you tell us about the investigation into CCAP? I know a lot of the DFLers just kind of wrote it off as uh, Republicans in their racial overtones, uh, you know, these low-income minority families that are benefiting from this and you want to gut this program. Well, there's been fraud un- uncovered. This has to be getting to the—we have to get to the bottom of this, and yet the only thing we ever seem to be good at doing in St. Paul is assigning a task force to, to research it. Well, and the only other good thing they're good at doing in St. Paul is pointing the fingers as to who is to blame. Sure. We've, we've all got to take responsibility no for how this money is being spent. And when you have somebody like Jim Nobles, who is top tier in terms of objectivity, in terms of thoroughness of these reports, if you want, you want some good reading, go through the full report— I mean, there is detail upon detail that, that goes into preparing this. When you have that, and when you have the data that we have, and you have the technological capability that we have to change and, and work on the eligibility or the fraud or mapping out where payments are, are going, we've got to do it. And we can't make that a partisan issue. You can, we, we can have a debate about whether or not we need to raise taxes to fund priorities mm-hmm. or if we're already spending too much. That, those are ideological differences. It's really a, a different approach to government that we've already talked about. But when you've got taxpayer money, I don't care if it comes from the richest Minnesotan or if it's that first $5 of taxes that the lowest income person has to pay. Whatever person it is that's paying that tax, we demand accountability sure. for those dollars. That can't be rhetoric that can't be partisan talking points that can't be bringing up fraud to stop this we have to take care of those dollars we have to get rid of that fraud and both sides should be doing it if the how if the governor and the house democrats came down harder on that and stopped some of that fraud they would have more money to spend on the people that need it the most sure unfortunately they're the people who are hurt when we can't come to a budget agreement they're the people who are hurt when money is wasted when money is defrauded when money goes out of the state that's why we have to stop it, so we can take care of the people that we intend to take care of. Once again, we've been joined these past few segments by Jason Flores. He's the State Director of Americans for Prosperity Minnesota. Again, check out their fantastic website, americansforprosperity.org. And if you want more of this uh, insight on what's going on, not only at the Minnesota legislature, but uh, federal issues as well, Check out Americans for Prosperity Radio every Saturday from 4 to 5 p.m. right here on these very airwaves. AM 1280, The Patriot. Jason, it always goes by way too fast. We uh, appreciate uh, your time. Uh, Thanks for joining us. And again, if we go to a uh, special session, uh, we hope we can call on you once uh, an agreement is reached. We have to come up with a budget eventually, whether it's before or after government shutdown remains to be seen. uh, But we appreciate your time as always, sir. Happy to be here. At some point, we'll find that uh, deal. Fantastic. And uh, Mark from St. Louis Park, I'm sorry we uh, ran out of time this segment. If you can hold during the break, I promise we'll get to your call when we come back on this uh, final segment here this hour. 651-289-4488 is the number to call. It is me, Brad Carlson, the closer, coming back with one final segment again this hour. Go nowhere. AM 1280, The Patriot. Picture this. 
Waking up and having your coffee, maybe taking some time to look over your investments, then having time to do anything you want. No traffic, no boss, and no work hassles. Why continue doing the same thing day after day when you can learn to live the life you want? Join us this week for a free investing class by dialing pound 250 on your cell phone. Use the keyword OTA. Again, that's pound 250, keyword OTA, or go to learnwithota.com. We can all agree that a good education benefits students, their family, and society as a whole. Education shapes your child into the person they will become. Join your local hosts, Rebecca Hagstrom and Mark Durkin, as they explore how to get the best education for your child while ensuring that the values you're teaching at home are being respected. From cursive to curriculum and everything in between, school is now in session. Education Nation, Saturdays at 6 p.m. on AM 1280, The Patriot. Relief Factor is made from high-quality fish oil and essential nutrients. Gives your body the help it needs to aid fighting recurring aches and pains. When life's aches and pains get you down, you need relief. Physicians made Relief Factor as an essential way to support the body's fight against aches and pains. It's a remarkable product. It has worked. I only endorse it because it helped my wife with her knee pain. I didn't even know she was taking it. Then when it was mentioned, she said, oh yeah, this stuff is is like magic. Look, there are people who've told me they've postponed or delayed or simply negated surgery because of Relief Factor. That's how powerful it is. Go to www.relieffactor.com, that's relieffactor.com, or call 800-500-8384, that's 800-500-8384. This remarkable product is called Relief Factor, relieffactor.com. Hey, your home has some real nice gutters, said no one ever. It's Matthew with the Kingdom Builders. No one notices gutters until there's a problem. Whether you've had damage from an ice dam from the long, hard winter, water in your basement, or you've just been thinking about the health of your gutters for a while, call the Kingdom Builders. We fabricate 5- and 6-inch seamless gutters right on site, and they're specifically designed and color matched to your home. We also mount stainless steel micro-mesh gutter covers to keep your system clean. No getting up on a ladder and wondering what you'll find. A budding tree, an irritated robin, or the neighbor kid's lacrosse ball. We're talking minimum maintenance for years to come. Plus, they look great. So let us take care of the most underappreciated but very important part of your roof, your gutter system. Call the Kingdom Builders today, 612-900-9166, or find us online at thekingdombuilders.net. That's thekingdombuilders.net. We're not salespeople, we're just great gutter installers. Welcome back, AM1280, The Patriot. Northern Alliance Radio Network with me, Brad Carlson. One final segment this hour, and as promised, we do want to get to our caller on line one. Mark is in St. Louis Park. Hey, Mark, you're on the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Brad, thanks for taking my notes outside the segment. So, But I was just going to mention that I heard uh, Jim Abler, is the head of HHS, the Senate yep. Committee in HHS, said that uh, he, he, he believes the PCA fraud, the personal care tenant fraud, where you're basically on your honor system or Medicare, probably higher than the daycare fraud. And I heard another Republican House member saying with the HHS budget, it's how, how many billions, there's about 500 million, he estimated, of fraud mm. on the two-year cycle. Stay it's right. worse than the daycare 
uh, fraud uh, much worse. But I'll I'll hang up and listen and get your listen to your opinion. Thanks. Yeah, thanks, Mark. As always, we uh, appreciate you listening and appreciate your call. And that's what's so frustrating about it is there's very obvious fraud. However, you want to quantify it, whether it is half a billion dollars, that, that that's just staggering. I mean, in, in relation to the overall budget, it may be what uh, the budget they're proposing maybe one percent. Okay, but still staggering numbers. Uh, you know, it's so. Uh, my my thing is is that it seems like everything they want to assign a task force to look into it further. Whether it was you know Mincher, that was that was a common theme practically every year. We're going to assign a task force to try to get to the bottom of these technical issues. I mean, they could, they hadn't even they haven't even gotten the technical issues figured out, and much less people getting access to health insurance. So, uh, you know, Jim Abler has been plugged into the health and human services. You know, he was a House member from like 1998 to. 2014, okay, and he was on the HHS committee for most of that time, and now he's on it through the Senate. And yeah, if Jim Jim is, is plugged into that issue as any, and if he says it, I'm, I'm inclined to believe it. So uh, staggering numbers. Thanks, thanks for bringing that up, Mark. We appreciate it. I did want to get to one final aspect of the legislative session, and that is how gun control was uh, <clears throat> shot dead in the uh, conference committee this past week. Yeah, I know that's not the best analogy, but... Uh, I uh, laughed, I laughed. People so. always get a little overwrought over gun issues. But, uh, this is from uh, the Star Tribune. Uh, two gun control measures deemed a top priority by Minnesota DFL lawmakers this session were dealt an all-but-fatal blow Tuesday after they failed to advance on a party-line vote. Coming after three hours of debate, the result appeared to stymie efforts by gun control advocates to expand criminal background checks to private gun sales, um, and they always conveniently leave out transfers. They don't. They, they only. This is just an aside. They mention private gun sales, but they never talk about transfers. First of all, there's already background checks and gun sales, but transfers they want you have to pay and apply to be able to just loan your gun to a neighbor, and then you have to do the same thing in order to get it back. Insane. But they never mention that. wonder why that is. Wow, that's a rhetorical question. And create a red flag law that would uh, allow authorities to temporarily confiscate firearms from people considered a threat to themselves or others. And, of course, these people don't get due process. <laughs> Anyways, boy, a lot of editorials here. Uh, the gun proposals, similar to the federal proposals that have divided Congress, came to a head when Senator Warren Limmer, a Republican out of Maple Grove, called for a vote on whether to add them to a broader spending bill being assembled by members from both the House and Senate. The gambit paid off for Limmer, who earlier expressed deep reservations about both uh, policy proposals. Members of the Joint Conference Committee on the Public Safety Budget split 5-5 along party lines and failed to add either measure to the spending bill. I've always regarded controversial policies and budget bills as something we really shouldn't do. So did the DFL until this session, apparently, <clears throat> because it gums up the work, Limmer said after Tuesday's meeting. Let's tear the Band-Aid off and get at it. And, I, and I'm glad Senator Limmer brought that up because that was one of the things uh, that uh, Governor Dayton and the DFL uh, complained about when Republicans had control of the legislature uh, for Dayton's first two sessions and then uh, Dayton's final two sessions as well, is that, well, we're going to have policy and bugger bills. But apparently... If you want to try to jam down gun control, hey, it's all good. It's all for the greater good. But th- this is my thing is, why do you need to go through this measure to try to jam down gun control in budget bills? Because 
the House, you know, I mean, the Senate was they were constantly put on the defensive on this issue. You kept saying, well, the Senate's just going to just going to kill these particular measures anyways. They're never not even going to give it a hearing. So why should we even waste time in bringing up votes on these standalone bills? House files eight and nine. And Paul Kazelka said, you know, Senate Majority Leader, we absolutely will hold hearings on these bills. You just got to pass them through the House. And guess what? The DFL chanting points is that these bills have 90% support among Minnesotans. Well, if you have 90% support among Minnesotans and you have a substantial majority in the House, DFLers, why aren't you voting on these as standalone bills? I mean, something that has 90% support, you should be able to pass, and none of your members of your party should suffer at the, at the, at the polls as a result. And guess what? Even when they put these measures into the House public safety bill, they only passed 70 to 64. Okay? So that means they allowed five DFLers to vote no on these gun control measures, putting them in the public safety bill. Why why would five DFLers even need to vote no? I thought these had 90% support. What's going on? Again, rhetorical question. I think you know that. Uh Regardless, the leftist chanting points will remain the same. And again, I'm reading for the, from the Star Tribune story. Our Representative Dave Pinto, a DFLer out of St. Paul, chief author of the background check bill, later characterized the vote as an effort by Minnesota Republicans to stymie new gun legislation. Today, they choose not, chose not to move forward on two gun safety measures despite broad public support, Pinto said. That is deeply disappointing to thousands of families who have been touched by gun violence and expect action. Well, again, I'm not going to say that gun violence is totally eradicated. It's not. It would be irresponsible to say that. It would be flat out not true to say that. But this idea that this is a problem that continues to escalate is also not the case. So I say to Representative Pinto, you want action on this? Uh, You might want to study what's taken place over the past quarter century. Uh, Rob Dorr, political director of the Minnesota Gun Owners Caucus, who's been out in the Capitol every day during this session, sometimes for 18 hours a day, uh, he pointed out during his testimony at the, uh, at the conference committee that Minnesota violent crime rates has dropped 50% over the past quarter century, while gun ownership permits to carry have skyrocketed. Now, of course, you'll have gun grabbers and other leftists say, well, 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 well correlation and causation and all that. Yeah, but, but, that's the, but, but that's the greater point, is gun ownership continues to increase, but it doesn't mean that's become the okay corral out there, that gun violence has dropped. So if Representative Pinto wants to look at the way to reduce gun violence, it seems to me the answer is right in front of him. Wouldn't you want to figure out why is why is gun violence dropped 50% in the last quarter century while gun ownership has gone up? Maybe we should look at exacerbating whatever steps are being taken to continue to de-escalate gun violence. I, again, I I I'm I'm a, I'm a maybe I'm being too simple on this. I don't know. But the the point is is that gun control was not the reason that the DFL got ushered into office. And and again, Whatever issue that they're on the side of, that's what they're claiming is the catalyst to get them in the office. And we talked about this in the previous three segments this hour with Jason Flores. Is that Governor Walls and the DFLers? Well, we campaigned on these uh, on this gas tax increase and and, and and these increases in taxes. Well, 
uh, maybe, but to this idea that that was the reason you took over the majority in the Minnesota House and maintained the governor's office, I think, again, was more of being down ballot from more down ballot races because this was a response to the current party in the White House. I mean, this is this is what happens. This is very cyclical that the party that's in the White House in its first term, there's always a correction at the first midterms within the first presidential term of, of a president. I mean, this happened with uh, Bill Clinton in 1994, the first midterm in his first term of his presidency, Barack Obama in 2010. Okay, the only outlier was George W. Bush in 2002, but that's be- that was under special circumstances given the, the global war on terror. And people were not as eager to maybe switch parties because they felt at the time President Bush was doing a fine enough job in the war on terror. And again, I'm kind of getting off a little bit of a tangent, but my greater point is the DFL claiming that they won this election, the majority in the House, overwhelming majority in the House and and, and the governor's office was because of gun control and saying 90 percent support these measures. I'd like to see the questions that were asked because, well, 90% support background checks for gun sales. Yeah, of course they do. Do you, do you tell them what a gun transfer entails? Because that's also part of this background check bill is transfers. I have a feeling if you explain specifically what's in this bill and what a transfer entails and how arduous and cumbersome it would be to maintain your Second Amendment rights, I have a feeling the number wouldn't be anywhere close to 90%. I'm going to go out on a limb there. Hour number one in the books here, ladies and gentlemen. Hour number two coming up right here, AM 12, of the Patriot, Northern Alliance Radio Network with me, Brad Carlson, the closer, back in mere moments that go nowhere. Closing time. If it was 1990, you'd be listening to your favorite radio station on a bulky boombox that burns through D batteries faster than you can say, you've got mail. Thankfully, it's the 21st century, and there are much better alternatives. For example, just ask Alexa to tune in. Alexa, play the Patriot Minneapolis. It's time to throw out that old beeper and get with the times. Listen to your favorite AM 1280 to Patriot hosts in high quality with Alexa and Amazon Echo. Hi, it's Keith Hittner Sr. here. Tune in on Sundays at noon for your real estate chalk talk where we study the science of buying and selling real estate and the art of living in your home. Get the solid real estate facts you need from Keith Hittner Sr. and Keith Hittner Jr. of Colwell Banker Burnett and their team of experts. Tune in to Real Estate Chalk Talk on AM 1280 The Patriot every Sunday at 12 noon. Brought to you by the Hittner Group, the number one Colwell Banker Group in the nation. Online at HittnerGroup.com. And tune in to Real Estate Chalk Talk every Sunday at 12 noon on AM 1280 The Patriot. The following is a true story. My name is David Bryant. When I was 37, my wife and I decided to get term life insurance through SelectQuote. Just three years later, I was diagnosed with ALS, also known as Lou Gehrig's disease. Because of life insurance, the people I love most in this world will be protected no matter what happens to me. I know that the dreams I have for my family can still come true. Financial security, to stay in the home we became a family in, and for our children to be able to go to college. I reached out to SelectQuote because I wanted to share my story. If just one person purchases life insurance, I know I will have made a difference. SelectQuote can find a 37-year-old male a $500,000 policy for under a dollar a day. If there are people you care about, you need life insurance. It may be the single most important financial decision of your life. Don't put off protecting your family. Get your free quote now. Call 800 671 
800-671-7070. That's 800-671-7070. 800-671-7070. Or go to selectquote.com. This is a paid endorsement. Get full details on the example policy at selectquote.com slash commercials. Not available in all states. Social Security is with you through life's journey from birth to retirement. As your life changes year to year, so do your needs. For over 80 years, Social Security has helped to meet your needs and is committed to improving access to the services that make a difference in your life. Today, you can verify your earnings, estimate your future benefits, apply for retirement, manage your benefits, and even change your address, all from the comfort of your home. Social Security's online services help put you in control with secure access to your information anytime, anywhere, allowing you to spend more time with family, friends, or simply just enjoying the day. Social Security, securing today and tomorrow. See what you can do online at socialsecurity.gov. Produced at U.S. taxpayer expense. AM 1280. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.